This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hello friends, I am so happy to be here recording today. Today we are talking all about fat. And remember that this whole season six has a focus on going back to the basics. So this is back to the basics of your body, of health, and a lot of science information. So that by the end of this season, you should feel like you've had a masterclass in how to treat your body in a way that's going to give you the best health possible. And this is with diet, with lifestyle, with all kinds of different um, pieces of information. And today, we're going to be clearing up a lot of confusion about fat. Which fats are good? Which are bad? Why are they important? What happens when you do or don't eat enough fat? And by the end of today, you are going to be a total expert in the topic of dietary fats. And before we start in with that, let's just do a quick little weekly update about what I've been up to. A few days ago, I did a really fun recording. I did an episode with JC. She is at Lady Carnivory on Instagram. She has an amazing YouTube channel, really good blog with carnivore recipes. She's really fun to follow and get all kinds of inspiration from. So you can look forward to an interview with her coming out pretty soon on the podcast. I've got another interview scheduled with somebody else next week, so I will be sprinkling those interviews in kind of randomly throughout season six, and that should be really fun for you. I'm also planning a Halloween cupcake sale. So some of you know that I have a little side gig baking keto cakes. They are totally gluten-free, sugar-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, except for pasture butter. Totally organic. They're like guilt-free cakes that people absolutely love. And even people who normally eat gluten and sugar really, really like these cakes. So if you are local in the Twin Cities area and you want some adorable, fun, cute Halloween cupcakes that are going to be decorated with little Halloween characters on them. You can place your order by October 24th. There's a big banner at the top of the website at projectketopodcast.com where you can click on that and it'll take you to the page with all of the details to order your cupcakes. Or um, email me if you have any trouble, info at projectketopodcast.com and I can help you place your order. And then something else I've been busy with is some gardening. I planted 50 new bulbs last week. I absolutely love gardening. I've really expanded my garden this year. I had a huge flower garden. I had a little gourd arbor going. And now um, it's going to be even bigger in the springtime. And I just can't wait. So if you like to follow along with my gardening adventures and see some amazing flowers, you can follow me at Madeline Rosie Evergreen on Instagram. Okay, let's just move into today's topic now, which is all about fat. And before we can talk about fats, you'll need to fully understand what a cell membrane is and why that's important. 
So if you don't know what a cell membrane looks like, I suggest you go to the show page, which is projectketopodcast.com backslash episodes backslash S6E3, like season six, episode three. And there's a really good image on that page of a cell membrane, and you can see what it looks like. The cell membrane is like the lining or the wall of the cell, and it is by far the most important part of your body. Okay, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's seriously up there. You must, must have healthy cell membranes in order to be a healthy person. If you don't have healthy cell membranes, you will absolutely have chronic health problems for sure, and you won't be feeling good. So this is a critical aspect of health that everybody needs to understand and take very seriously. The cell membrane helps to bring nutrients in and out of the cell. So it allows nutrients in and it also brings um, stuff out of the cell. So if that's not working properly, you can't really get your cells to work properly at all. Did you know that your cell membrane is made up of saturated and unsaturated fats? The fat that you eat gets incorporated into cell membranes and it affects how well your cell can function. You must have a healthy cell membrane to provide correct voltage or electrical charge. The proper voltage enables the cell to perform all of its functions. If the cell membrane is filled with damaged fats or lacks the proper saturated and unsaturated fats or lacks cholesterol, cell membrane integrity is compromised and your health suffers. So in other words, if you're eating bad fats or low fat or you're avoiding cholesterol, your cell membrane doesn't really function and now you have health problems. And we'll talk about which fats are good and which fats are bad later today. Cholesterol helps the cell membrane keep its proper shape. Cholesterol is an important part of some cell receptors. Receptors are proteins that bind specific molecules to help them get inside the cell, such as insulin receptors to help glucose get inside the cell. Cholesterol is also the precursor for sex hormones and is used to make vitamin D when sun shines on your skin. This means that you must have cholesterol in order to make sex hormones like estrogen or testosterone and to convert sunlight into vitamin D. So you can see that if you've been avoiding cholesterol or avoiding saturated fats, you're probably not going to have healthy hormones and you're not going to have a healthy level of vitamin D. So let's just take a step back and review all of that cell membrane information one more time. Super critical. Number one, cell membranes are made up of healthy fats that you eat. So if you're avoiding fat or you're eating bad fats, you won't have healthy cell membranes. You must have healthy cell membranes to be a healthy person. There's no way around it. Cholesterol helps keep the cell membranes proper shape. Really, really critical. And cholesterol is used to make sex hormones and vitamin D. Some examples of things that you would benefit from if you have proper cell membrane function would be muscle contraction. Part of that has to do with that voltage that we talked about. So if you have unhealthy cell membranes, you're not going to have good muscle contraction. Another one would be nerve transmission. Your brain, memory, ADD, ADHD, focus, 
reading abilities, all of that has a lot to do with your health of your cell membranes. Hydration inside the cell. Many, many people have most of their water outside of their cells, which is not going to be helpful. Um, you want to be able to get water to draw inside of your cells where it's most effective, and that's true hydration. So I, I've actually measured this on lots and lots of people through a body impedance analysis, and almost everybody has too much water outside of their cell, not enough water inside of their cell, until they take some steps to improve this. And once you do, you have a much healthier system going on. Energy level, like ATP and energy production, has all to do with your cell membrane health. Utilization of nutrients, like glucose, sugar handling. Remember, um, insulin needs to kind of unlock the cell to get glucose inside of the cell. Well, that has a lot to do with the health of your cell membrane. And also, healthy skin. And who wants healthy skin. I think we all do. We all want beautiful, glowing, gorgeous skin. So moving on to our next aspect of fats would be talking about fats for cooking. On our show page, the one I described, projectketopodcast.com backslash episodes backslash S6E3, you have a little cheat sheet, a free little download, a guide on there showing you kind of a chart of different fats for cooking. So this could be something you could print out or just save. Maybe you could even set it as the screen, the like the background or the screensaver on your phone. Put it somewhere where you see it all the time because it's easy to forget which fats are good, which are bad, and which ones take high heat or should be with low heat. And there's just a lot to remember if this is kind of brand new information for you. So first of all, with any fat that you eat, always look for organic, raw, non-GMO, unflavored, and ideally in a dark glass container. Fats that you can use with moderate heat, so moderate or high heat, so that would be something like sautéing, roasting in the oven, stuff like that, you would choose from this list. Ghee from grass-fed cows, butter from grass-fed cows, tallow, that's beef fat from grass-fed cows, lard, that would be pork fat from heritage-raised pigs or some kind of really high-quality pigs that are raised properly, chicken fat from pasture-raised chickens, duck fat from pastured ducks, coconut oil, palm oil, and cacao butter. So those would be really stable, good, saturated fats that do well tolerating higher heat. So they handle something like sautéing or roasting in the oven or grilling at a high heat really, really well. They're not going to become damaged or wrecked by heating them. It's never a good idea, though, to let your oil smoke or be out of control, splattering all over the stovetop. If your oil is, like, smoking and splattering, that's a sign that it's getting a little bit too hot. Now, let's go through some fats that you could use with low or no heat. Olive oil, avocado oil, and MCT oil. Those ones are great at room temperature or if you just drizzle them onto food that's already been cooked and it's hot or warm. But I would not recommend that you roast or saute or grill anything in those oils. They become unstable very, very easily. And as soon as you heat them up too hot, 
now you've damaged the fat molecule and it's going to be something that is damaging to the cell membrane. So reviewing back what we started the episode with, remember your cell membranes are made up of saturated and unsaturated fats and they're either going to be made up of healthy fats or unhealthy fats. And if you want your cell membranes to be filled with healthy fats, you really have to take in account how you're treating these oils. So if you're getting this organic, raw, non-GMO, unflavored, expensive olive oil that's in a dark glass container and it's this amazing oil and then you go and saute with it and heat it way up, now you're damaging the fat and wasting it and it's going to create trouble with the cell membrane. So you wouldn't want to do that. A few other fats that can be okay to have on occasion in very moderate small amounts with low to no heat would be sesame oil, hazelnut oil, walnut oil, and possibly peanut oil if you can tolerate that. I suggest using these in very, very, very moderate amounts. Like if you make a Chinese stir fry and you want it to have that really good flavor that you get when you go to the Chinese restaurant, then you would just drizzle a little bit of sesame or a little bit of peanut oil on your dish after it's been cooked, like maybe a half a teaspoon on your dish, and it gives it this really good flavor. But what I wouldn't recommend is frying your beef or your green beans or your whole stir fry in a bunch of peanut oil. That is definitely going to damage the peanut oil, and it's just overboard with that kind of oil for you to be eating. So little tiny amounts of those nut or seed oils on occasion can be okay for some people unless you're highly sensitive to those sorts of foods. Let's go through some fats to avoid completely. These would be fats that you should not be eating and should just get rid of. Even if you have them in the house, don't give them away to your neighbors. Throw them in the trash. Nobody should be eating this. Margarine, canola oil, soybean oil, sunflower oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil, vegetable oil, safflower oil, flaxseed oil, rapeseed oil, trans fats, and partially hydrogenated fats. Get rid of all of those. Some sources of these kinds of fats and oils would be found in chips, crackers, cookies, baked goods, fast food, vending machine food, frozen dinners, most restaurant foods, fried foods, and factory farmed meats. So those are like a big black X not to be eating. And then let's talk about some whole foods that are high in healthy saturated fats. Avocados, that's a whole food, really, really good quality quality saturated fats there. Fatty meat from regenerative farms like grass-fed beef, pastured chickens, heritage pork, wild-caught fish, and we're going to be going through all of those kinds of farming questions and meat sourcing questions in a couple of episodes here. Another good source of high-quality fat would be canned full-fat coconut milk. Another one would be coconut butter, or sometimes it's called coconut mana. Egg yolks have really good quality saturated fats, and so do olives. Olives are really, really high in healthy fat. So remember, if you have trouble remembering all of that or you can't write it down while I'm talking, go to the show notes and print out this little guide or save it somewhere where you can see it easily so that you don't have to memorize it and be confused when you're in the grocery store. 
Let's move on and talk about some problems that we have with nut, seed, and vegetable oils. Oils extracted from nuts and vegetables are extremely unstable. The oil is mostly polyunsaturated, which is great, but when it's exposed to light or air, it gets oxidized or rancid extremely fast in a matter of seconds. These oils are healthy when eaten from the plant or nut because the oil is away from air and light. These oils are not unhealthy in themselves. They are unhealthy when extracted from the plant. So let's think about this as more of a real life example. If you're taking a peanut, and this is a nice, good quality, organic peanut, the oil in the peanut, when you put that peanut in your mouth and eat it, isn't a bad fat. It's not something that's damaged or rancid. However, when you extract the oil from that peanut, it goes through a lot of processing, a lot of heat, a lot of chemicals on it in some cases, and um, the oil gets exposed to light and air and it becomes oxidized, which makes it go rancid in a matter of seconds. So when you extract an oil from a seed or a nut, it goes rancid very, very quickly and becomes a damaged fat. Remember a few minutes ago when I was suggesting that you could use something like a little bit of peanut oil on your Chinese stir fry that you made at home to make it have great flavor? Well, if you feel the need to eat like 100% perfect and you're really going gung-ho with your health and taking this very, very seriously, then you would not be eating peanut oil at all. Even a half a teaspoon drizzled on your food, you wouldn't be doing that. However, I know that's unrealistic for a lot of people and you, you want to have fun with your food. You want to have good flavors and a lot of variety and maybe be creative in the kitchen. So if you're wanting that and you are easing into this healthy lifestyle, then drizzling a tiny amount of peanut oil, like a half a teaspoon or less, onto your dish of stir fry is not going to be the end of the world. It's a great stepping stone getting away from frying in peanut oil and instead just use a tiny bit for flavor after you've already cooked your food in a more stable type of fat. If you're going to be buying something like peanut oil, hazelnut oil, sesame oil, any of those nut or seed oils, make sure you buy them in a small bottle that is a dark glass container and ideally store that in the refrigerator. Never let it sit out in the sunlight or sit out on your counter next to your stove where it gets a lot of heat blown onto it. Keep it in a cold, dark place and only buy it in very small quantities. And then smell it. Every time you're going to use it, smell it. And if it's smelling rancid, throw it out. And it will probably go rancid pretty quickly. So just keep that in mind. Now, getting back into this bigger discussion about the nut, seed, and vegetable oils, just think, to extract the oils from the nut or the plant, high heat and chemical solvents are used. The oil is now damaged or rancid and it'll smell bad. It gets deodorized so that you can't smell it. And this type of oil is damaging to your cell membranes and can create inflammation. So they don't only like squish 
the nut or the seed or the plant to create the oil. They don't just crush it and the oil comes out. Oftentimes they use high heat and chemical solvents and then as soon as the oil becomes rancid, it's stinky, so they put deodorizing chemicals in it. And no, you won't find any of that in the ingredients list on the label. That doesn't go on there. So just keep that in mind, that you do have to be suspicious of nut and seed oils um, having deodorizers and chemical solvents and all kinds of things in them. The saturated fats have been blamed for heart disease for many years without any evidence or science. Heart disease has only increased since these recommendations to eat vegetable oil and avoid saturated fats. So keep that in mind too. There's no evidence showing that saturated fats cause heart disease. And heart disease has gone up since those recommendations to eat vegetable oils have been coming out. In fact, saturated fats, they're extremely stable and they do not cause inflammation. They do not create the free radicals because they are not unstable. We've been told that eating saturated fat clogs our arteries. And if you follow physiology and see what happens when you eat fat, it does not work this way. I know that mindsets are not easy to change and I totally understand if you're questioning adding fat to your diet because this has been a lot of dogma. It's been a lot of programming on the news, in the newspaper, in schools, in medical practices, all over the place for many, many years, for decades. They've been preaching to eat vegetable oils and avoid saturated fats. So I understand if this is a challenging concept to get, but that's why I'm doing this episode today so you can start to learn the information for yourself and take charge of what you think is right for your body. Let's talk a little bit about heart disease. Heart disease is caused by inflammation. And this next piece that I'm going to tell you is something that will continue to come up in the rest of season six over and over and over. So pay close attention. The recipe for inflammation is three ingredients. One, a high fasting insulin level, higher than five, Two, high triglycerides, like higher than 60. And three, chronically high blood sugar. So I'm going to say that in one more time in a little bit of a different way. The way that you get inflammation or the road to getting heart disease is three things. A high fasting insulin level, high triglycerides, and chronically high blood sugar like living on a blood sugar roller coaster. And if you don't understand about the fasting insulin or the blood sugar roller coaster, make sure you go back to episode one from season six, where we talked about insulin and blood sugar in great detail. And remember, inflammation is caused by two different things. One, living on a blood sugar roller coaster. So what we just said there a moment ago, that comes from eating too much sugar and carbs. And the second one would be eating damaged or bad fats or trans fats. So you don't want those things. You can easily decrease your triglyceride levels just by cutting out carbs and sugar and eliminating bad fats and increasing your healthy saturated fats. Let's go through some imagery to help you understand this concept a little bit better. Imagine that there is a fire. Your house is burning down. It's on fire. So you call 911, the fire department shows up, there's a fire person there, like a fireman or a firewoman, putting out the fire with a big hose, and then an investigator comes by to try and discover 
where did this fire get started and who did it and what's the cause of the fire? And they see there's firemen here. Oh, that's a suspect. The firemen did it. Since there's firemen present, the firemen caused the fire to happen. Well, obviously we know that that's not true and the investigator doesn't really know what they're doing. Not a very experienced person, I don't think. So that's what happened to cholesterol. Cholesterol is found at the clog in the artery when someone has a heart attack. Did you know that? But that doesn't mean that cholesterol is the reason that your artery was clogged. Cholesterol shows up to inflammation sites to try and put out the fire. The cholesterol is there to decrease the inflammation. But if it's so out of control that a blockage still occurs and so, so, so much cholesterol has to be coming um, to the scene, then we can still end up with a heart attack or a serious inflammatory problem. It's not cholesterol's fault, though. Cholesterol shows up to help the issue. So hopefully that um, fire person image helps you to kind of understand why cholesterol has gotten a bad reputation and why it's actually a helpful, helpful thing to have in your body. Let's go through some common symptoms of eating a diet filled with bad fats. Sometimes it's not motivating for you to just think about, oh, I really have to have healthy cell membranes and that's why I'm motivated not to eat out of the vending machine or to decrease how many chips I eat. Having cell, healthy cell membranes is just not motivating for most people. Even though you understand it in your mind, it's hard to relate it to real life problems. So all of these problems I'm about to go over are real life symptoms that people get when they're eating a diet filled with bad fats and void of healthy fats. One big one would be acne. Nobody wants to have acne, so definitely switch over to having good fats if you have that. Easily sunburned. As soon as I switched from eating bad fats to a diet filled with good fats, I was able to get tan for the first time in my life. And now I tan very easily. I never wear sunscreen and I don't burn. And I just get a really nice brown color when I'm in the sun. That is not how I grew up. I used to grow up with very fair skin and then I would burn easily and I had to use a lot of sunscreen. Another one would be dry or itchy skin learning disorders, brain fog, poor reading retention, indecisive, ADHD or symptoms similar to ADHD. So all of those brain problems are absolutely caused by a diet filled with bad fats. Did you know your brain is made up of saturated fats? Very important to know. Hormonal issues like hormonal acne, PMS, lack of a menstrual cycle, man boobs, excessive weight on hips, your butt, your thighs, or around your breasts, breast tenderness, painful periods, feminine features in men, prostate problems. Remember that hormones are made from cholesterol. So if you don't eat enough good fats and saturated fats, you don't make good hormones. Hair falling out could be a sign you're not eating enough fat. Sugar and carb cravings, definitely. Joint pain, excessive weight gain, Low energy, remember cell membranes and your brain are made up of saturated fat. So that is, in the cell membrane, that is where you make ATP or energy. Bad moods, anxiety, a weakened immune system, 
inflammation. Remember, the recipe for inflammation is high blood sugar, high fasting insulin, high triglycerides, and you can get high triglycerides by eating bad fats. And our last symptom would be looking and feeling puffy all over your body. I don't know anybody who likes to feel puffy. Some examples of meals and snacks with really good healthy fats would be eggs with grass-fed butter or ghee or coconut oil and maybe some vegetables and avocado, a salad with dressing made from olive oil or avocado oil. Primal Kitchen brand has great salad dressings. And then you could top your salad with salmon or some kind of fatty meat. A protein shake made with coconut milk or avocado and berries and stevia and lemon juice and some high quality protein powder. If you want a protein shake recipe, I have a whole uh, free guide on how to make shakes. There's a few different recipes on there. There's protein powder recommendations and there are tips on how to make your shakes taste better. And that is at projectketopodcast.com backslash episodes backslash S6E1 from episode one of season six. Definitely check out those protein shake recipes. Bulletproof ice cream, that is a recipe from um, Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Diet, and you can probably find that on some somewhere on the Bulletproof website. Um, it's full of eggs and butter and coconut oil and MCT oil too. Grain-free tortilla pizza with pizza sauce, and then top it with really good quality sausage, pepperoni, olives, and drizzle it after it's done cooking with olive oil. And here's a tip. If you've been trying to avoid cheese, this is off topic for today, but you want to make these tortilla pizzas, then use nutritional yeast instead of cheese, and it tastes just like cheese, I swear. One tip is to use these grain-free tortillas from the Siete brand instead of like a normal flour tortilla. You wouldn't want to be using that. That is not a healthy thing. You could also make tacos with those same Siete grain-free tortillas, or they also have tortilla shells and chips, and you could fill it with some really nice fatty shredded beef, salsa, guacamole. Guacamole has a ton of healthy fats, lettuce, cooked peppers and onions, and if you're still doing beans, maybe you have that. You could make beef or pork ribs, and you could make bacon, you could make a big Asian stir-fry and stir-fry all the vegetables and meat in tallow, lard, or coconut oil. You could make spaghetti squash and put lots of butter or ghee on top, and maybe you even put some nutritional yeast and some garlic and some kind of meat, like chicken with that. You could make the double chocolate chip cookie recipe from last week, from season six, episode two, And that has good quality eggs and butter or coconut oil in it. And you want to remember that eggs, the yolk specifically, is just totally filled with good quality fats. So if you want that double chocolate chip cookie recipe, go back to Season 6, Episode 2, the webpage for that, and you can find it there. Now let's go into season six, very fun little segment to end the episode. And this is where I talk about what I'm absolutely loving right now. Right now, what I'm loving is my new morning routine for October. Kelly Hogan is like the queen of setting monthly goals and then sticking to them and being successful at her goal. And so I took a little tip from her to get out a calendar write down what my goal is and why I want to do it. And then every day I put a little star on the day because I did my goal. 
And this month, for October 2021, my goal is instead of getting on my phone when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I do after I have my water and I make my coffee and I feed my cats, first thing I do is sit down and do some journaling. There's no rules. I can journal for as long or as little as I want. Whatever I want to write down is fine. Sometimes I journal for like 15 or 20 minutes. Sometimes I journal for two minutes. Depends what I want that moment. And then I get out my planner and I plan out my day or my week. On Mondays, I plan out the whole week. Every other day, I plan out the specific day. And I make goals for the day. I write down what I'm grateful for. I write down what I'm looking forward to, what my priorities are, what my exercise will be, and what my schedule is. Now, I'm not as creative in the planner department as some people might be, like people who make a bullet journal. I'm so amazed by that. I tried that once, and it's just too much too much for me. So one recommendation I have is the Panda Planner, and I will put this in the show notes. I have no association with them, no link, like no discounts or anything. I just love this Panda Planner myself. It has three different sections. It has a month calendar in it, and then it has a whole section of week-long calendars, and then it has a whole section of daily calendars, and then some blank pages in the back. And my favorite part of this whole thing is that none of it is dated. You get to fill in the dates. And I like that because I always fall off the wagon with my planners And then I waste so many pages because I can't go back and use them because they're dated. So in here, you just write the date on the month, the week, or the day, and then you go from there. And then it's also filled in with these different categories. Like for the daily planner, it has a section to write what you're grateful for, what you're excited about, your affirmation, your focus, your exercise, your priorities, your schedule, your tasks, notes, and then an end of the day review where you write down today's wins and how you will improve. And the month and the week also have similar categories that apply for those sections. And I find it so helpful because it gives me a place to write out a checklist. It's I don't just have to write my checklist on a piece of scratch paper and then I bring it to work and it gets lost in my purse and I never remember I even made one. It's always right here in my planner. It makes me sit down and actually think about what I'm grateful for and what I'm excited about and my affirmation. It keeps my priorities you know, all together. And I just love it. And I've really seen a difference in my life from changing my morning routine this way. I've seen that the first things I do after my journaling and my calendar time is something productive. And I'm not requiring that of myself, but I just notice right after I write out my day, I want to get up and do one of my tasks, like record a podcast episode or reach out to somebody for an interview or create something for my homeschool nutrition class or just something. This whole um, Halloween cupcake sale came from an idea that I got while I was filling out my planner, believe it or not. And so it really helps me with my little side gigs, with my work, with my personal life, and with a lot of crafts that I do at home and gardening and different kinds of things I want to get done, but I always forget to do. So I highly recommend that you either get a panda planner or get a planner that you like and plan out your day and see if you can find a method that is successful for you. Not just for the randomness of making a checklist, but actually something that truly changes your day, which means it will change your life. 
Or maybe you choose a completely different goal for yourself every day, like drinking two glasses of water as soon as you wake up in the morning, or going outside and standing on the ground with your bare feet and looking into the sunshine every morning. But pick something for yourself every day that's doable, it's measurable, it's achievable, and it's impactful for your life. And notice how I didn't say in there something that's really, really hard or that you hate. I suggest if you want to improve your life, pick very small things that make an impact. So that is all for today's episode. I hope this was helpful for you. You may want to go back and review the information a few times or even go and go to the show notes and print out that cheat sheet for fats for cooking. And I really appreciate all of you who write reviews and rate the show. It does make a difference in my life. I'm so happy to be giving out all of this education and knowledge for free for you. I love doing it. It's my passion project. And the way that you can pay it forward is by writing a review and rating this show. Or share it with your friends or your family. Thanks so much, and I will catch you in a week.